Well, uh, all I want to say is that there's only one thing we're going to be talking about all podcasts today. And as a matter of fact, we might as well just rename this podcast the Robert Pattinson in Full Bat Suit podcast. Is that out? He could not be wearing pants. He could not be wearing, he could be <laughs> just in his boxies. Yeah, dude, I sent it in the chat. That's all we've been talking no, about. Oh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, play it. Play it. Play the, play the clip. It's not a clip. It's Jamie, just can a, you pull that up? Yeah, it is a clip. It's just a picture. That was a Joe Rogan reference. Oh. I don't even watch Joe Rogan. I just know they always say Jamie pulled that up. Do they? Apparently. In this case, it should be Jay. Jay pulled that up. Michael Giacchino score, though. Who? Michael Giacchino. Michael Giacchino? Michael Giacchino. 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 You don't think he was wearing pants? <laughs> that would be hilarious. Do they show his bottom half? <laughs> That'd be so he funny. Be wearing the top of the suit. I thought for sure here at this part of the clip, I thought for sure that they were gonna have his eyes light up white. Yeah. I, I thought that was definitely coming in that they were like we were gonna do the white eyes. There you go. That would have been cool. But it is only a costume test, so I imagine like if they do white eyes and stuff, that's gonna all be post. So I think I like the cowl. I don't like how armory the suit is. See, though. I love it because that reminds me of Batman. Because it's supposed City. to be early Batman. It's like yeah. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see it in full. But I, I, I thought it looked awesome. I thought that looked. I was, I was so uh, excited I was about. Kind of hoping they'd take a page from um, Batman Year One and have like the gray. Oh yeah, suit with the black. Yeah, there were some rumors that that might happen, but um, but yeah, let's get into that. Let's get into that shortly because right now, it's time for the Cinemaxic Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to be discussing our most anticipated movies of 2020. As well, we're going to talk about what's been in the news. Birds of Prey hasn't been doing too well at the box office. We're going to talk about the new Wes Anderson movie, and we're also going to, of course, talk about the reveal of Robert Pattinson in the new Batsuit. It's all happening right here, right now. This is Cinemaxtic. Um, thank you guys so much again for joining us today on another episode of the Cinemaxtic Podcast. I am your host with the most... As always, Max Leadham at Max Fozzy, joined once again by my good friend Tanner Rush at Danger Rush. Hi. There he is. And our producer, seducer himself, Jordan Katzer, Jay Katz. He is here on the ones and twos as always, as, 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 well, as well as doing the camera work, which we are you know, dipping our toes in ever so slightly, but he is doing such a great job with all that. So be sure to follow us on Instagram because we're sharing a lot of our stories there with the video, and uh, it's going to be fun. So we're excited about that. Um, but yes, it's nice to be joined by you all again for a brand new episode of the Cinemaxic Podcast. Uh, lots to discuss today, but also not so much. It's, you know, there, you know, it's, uh, there's, the topics are small. Uh, the amount of topics the are small. The, <laughs> you're right. It's not. It's the topic size. We don't have a lot of topics, but we do have significant topics, which I think matters quite a lot. Um, 
Yeah, as we said at the top of the podcast, Tanner, we wanted to do our uh, top 10 most anticipated 2020. It would have been great to have one of our other co-hosts here today, yeah. um, but he's too busy not being here, uh, apparently. We should so. have had him send his list. You know, maybe we should. Maybe I'll shoot him a text. Tim? He's, uh, maybe he's listening live, which we would be impossible because we don't do that. He be, he'll he'll be like, I haven't seen any movies and in 2020. And I guarantee you, I'm gonna send like, this Tim. News. That's not what we're talking about. And you'd and, be like Christopher Robin. <laughs> and I'm gonna send him this text, and I guarantee you, he's gonna be like, uh, uh, one sec, and he's gonna have to throw it together. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of great movies coming out this year. Uh, a lot of heavy hitters, a lot of big directors coming back into the fold for the first time in quite some time. Edgar Wright, uh, first movie since Baby Driver. Wes Anderson, first movie, first live action movie since Grand Budapest. Uh, even though he did do the directing of uh, Isle of Dogs, um, uh, we also are going to have um, uh, Robert Zemeckis is making another new film this year. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, he, I know. Oh, wait, not Robert Zemeckis. That's that's not right. That is not that is false. I meant, um, let me just pull this up here. Aaron Sorkin is making a new oh. movie this year, I believe. And then on top of that, uh, one I am most excited for is <clears throat> David Fincher is coming back with a new movie this year called Mank. So uh, we'll, we'll get into that list and everything we're going to be talking about with the 2020 movie slate and what we're most anticipated for. It seems like only yesterday we gave our 2019 most anticipated list, so this seems a little insane. I feel like just yesterday my number one most anticipated movie was Zombieland 2 Devil Tap. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I like the movie. I like the movie, but it was not, it did not end up being my number one movie. No. <laughs> it did not. I can't remember what mine was if it was Star Wars. Well, I mean, it was Star Wars. Nothing it, quite well, pan out. Here's the thing, too. The reason I gave Zombieland Double Tap my number one spot is because if you probably dropped Zombieland in 2019, the movie Zombieland, the original, it probably would have been my favorite movie of 2019. So that's how much I loved that movie, and I was thinking maybe they'll uh, catch lightning in a bottle. Dose. Um, but, you know, they didn't quite get the magic of the first one, but they still did a lot of good stuff. So, um, Tanner, how's your week been going so far? going pretty good um i don't know what it was it got real cold yesterday it's fucking freezing today yeah as of uh february the 13th mm-hmm. valentine's eve yep the most anticipated time of the year but i think the just the pressure change has just been wrecking my sinuses i didn't make it into work today just because my head was hurting so yeah. bad this morning yeah Paige kind of was feeling really weird uh, two days ago, too, and yeah. I told her it was probably because of the pressure changes, and, and she's feeling much better today, but yeah, it's been a, been going on, there's weird shit's been going on uh, with all that. It's been, a, it's been a yucky winter. It has been, it's and I'm been ready to be over it, but winter. you know what made me happy today? It was like 6.08, and it was still light outside. Yeah. And you know what? March, what, 8th? March 8th, we jump forward an hour, so we're going to have more daylight, which it should have been that way ever uh, since, you know for at least a long time. They need to stop daylight savings. Because Benjamin Franklin uh, is not around anymore. And stop our, it. And our farmers, Light bulbs are a thing now. Yep. Farmers have things called lights, and if they need to be farming at night, they're not going to be relying on the damn sunlight. They're just going to rely on electronics. You know, I'm not a farmer. I don't know, but... I am, and I can tell you, we just use good old electricity. I have a little patch in my backyard and grow sweet potatoes. Do you? No. No, mm. we don't. I would like to. I would have believed you if you should said have, yes. Should have gone with it. Um, 
but it's been a long week, but I'm looking forward to tomorrow. Tomorrow, going out with some friends. Uh, Paige and I are going out with a couple friend of ours, uh, getting some pizza at the Bronx. Gonna doing go. like a group Valentine's Day thing? We are, because... Um, That's kind of groovy of you, Max. It, it is kind of groovy. more, uh, more well, kinky than I pegged you for. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man! Sure hope Austin and Shay don't listen to that. <laughs> That's gonna make things awkward tomorrow. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, going out with some friends. Uh, we're getting a pizza at the Bronx, the original location on 39th and Bell, one of my favorite places in the world. I heard about it? I've never been. Amazing, and right across the street, Prospero's Bookstore, oh, favorite yeah. bookstore in the whole world. So. We're going to make a little night of it, and then we're going to go back for our place for some drinks and play some games. It's going to be a fun time. We're looking forward to it. Does Prospero's have a, a cat? Probably. seems like a place is going to have a cat. Yeah. It was a... Uh, bookstore cats? They're just... And I don't want to get political, but I do want to bring... They're just fucking, like, zoned. I don't want to get political, but I do want to bring this up, because I think this is... It was just hilarious. Just do it. Uh, Prospero's gotten a lot of hot water. And when I say hot water, I mean just the really, like, sensitive people in Kansas City started screaming at them on their Instagram, because they made stickers that said, Prospero's Bookstore, uh, Kansas, City's mo- uh, Kansas City's Indigenous Bookstore. Which the word indigenous means like the origin of the the beginning of like the first thing of something is what is what indigenous means. So they put that on there saying we were like, you know, we're the original bookstore of Kansas City. And people were very upset that they used the word indigenous and started claiming that they were, uh, uh, I don't know, being insensitive to Native American people by putting indigenous on a sticker. And they were like, uh... We literally were just using the dictionary definition of the word indigenous. And they're like, oh, you know what you did? And it was terrible. And it was awful. And I felt awful for those guys. They employ well, a Native American person there, too. A Native American guy is like part owner of Prospero's bookstores. You see him there all the time. So I just thought that was hilarious that there. It was, again, like most of these situations, it was a group of about 100 or 200 white people who have absolutely right, zero course. experience on any of this stuff deciding that's what needs to be yelled at. But. Yep. So I'm going to give them money tomorrow because I, I, I support them through it all. Yeah. And more important news, Tanner. Um, Funko has been announcing some... <laughs> Jordan starts laughing as I'm going by. Funko announced some... Um, where are you going, Jordan? I'm going to get something in my car. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, he, he, just, he just up and left. He did not like the Funko discussion. Um they announced some exclusive Funkos for Emerald City Comic Con. Uh, and I was thinking there's going to be shared exclusives like they usually are. So imagine my excitement. Oh, fuck. When is that? Uh, ECCC? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's coming up soon. I wanted to go to that. Emerald City Comic Con? In Seattle? No. No. Okay, no. <laughs> Planet Comic Con? Yeah. That's coming in March. Yeah. That's going to be like March 22nd. I thought Emerald City, it just... You know, Wizard of Oz, Kansas. Uh, there was yeah, a weird yeah. connection there Seattle. in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying there. Seattle. Seattle. But they announced uh, a two-pack Grand Budapest Hotel Funko Pop of Zero and uh, Gustav. Oh, wow. Dude, and they look incredible. But here's the here's the grub. They're limited to 2,000 pieces. Oh, no. So if I want one, I'm probably going to have to fork over $200. I'm going to tell you, Max, it's not worth it. Oh, it's not. Okay. <laughs> This is one, and to... I won't do it unless, like, I hop on eBay. I, I, my maximum amount I'll spend on that is sixty bucks. I've been very money conscious uh, recently, yeah, because um, 
you know, I'm moving places. Yeah. I'm going to have to buy a whole bunch of new furniture because everything in here, Jordan, <laughs> pretty much Jordan's he already bought. So mm-hmm. it's just everything, every price tag I see, I'm like, oh, it's too damn high. Yeah. And I, the rent is too damn high. I bought <clears throat> Total War Warhammer 2 the other night. The mm-hmm. last video game I'm ever going to be able to afford. Yeah. Well, you better play it hard. Yeah. But yeah, as you can imagine, I was disappointed by the, the Grand Budapest reveal that those are going to be uh, very limited. Uh, but if, if they come in, if I can get them on eBay for like 60 bucks, I would do that. That's the most I'd spend on those. But yeah, when it crosses like the $100 line, uh, nah. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, Jordan's returned. Jordan's oh. returned, and is he writing a bunch a... of Funko Pops? Is he... <laughs> Writing oh. a, a segue into our well, here he is Wes Anderson related news. Yeah, I believe so. What do you need me to segue to? <laughs> you were out of breath. <laughs> did you sprint to your car and back? He got a new car. No, oh, did you? I did. What'd you get? I got a new car. A new, new, new whip squad, game. New car. New car peeps. New car peeps. What'd you get? 2020 Jeep Cherokee. Ooh, very fun. It's slick. Is it the two door or the one door? The two door or the four door? I didn't door? get a Wrangler. One door. Oh, okay. It's a four door. Do they make four, oh, it's one a four door. door. Okay. Hell yeah, man. That's a that's a, that's a, that's a nice vehicle. My dad has that. I love love it. It's yeah. great. It's great. It's perfect for you. I feel like. That's Does your like, dad have a twenty twenty? No, he has like the twenty eighteen. Got to play right? that game. He's got the twenty eighteen. I'm just excited to have a new car. That get on suck. our Dude. level. I want a new car really Steve. bad. I want a new car. squad. <laughs> I forgot what your dad's name is. Uh, Greg. Greg. I wanted a new car. Sorry, Greg. Greg and Lynn. Never forget that. Yep. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's their names. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I've been wanting a new car too. Just uh, can't do that right now because I'm having to save up for a wedding and stuff. Mm, and probably true, saving true. up for a house. So. Same. Got stuff I got to do with same, the monies same. that I can't do with the car right now, but I do really like I'm eyeing the I'll Toyota. I'll tell you guys, it's a good time to be a millennial. <laughs> it is. I'm telling you right now, <laughs> I've been wanting, I've been wanting the uh, I've been eyeing the Toyota Rav4 hybrid. Mm. It's it's got great gas mileage, which actually the more you spend because you're spending more money on the hybrid, you might not be saving that much Just money in the long run. Great time, but. Anyways, well, let's get back into the movie news, uh, or just movies uh, in general, yeah. and let's start off with what we watched this week, or what we watched these past couple weeks, but in this case, what we watched this past week. Yeah, what we watched this past week. Let me pull up Letterboxd. There you go. I have my list right here. I got it. I could uh, fucking remember. Boy, oh boy. Got it ready. Boy, I watched, uh, it's been maybe two weeks now, uh, finally got around to seeing Suspiria. Yep. I don't know if I talked about that last week with you, Tim. Did I bring that up? Um, maybe. I finally got around to seeing Superior. The, the area. Uh-huh. I really liked it. Really liked it. Uh-huh. Not so much the final scene, though. Not the final scene, but the climax. They do a thing with the editing where it's that weird kind of lower frame rate, stuttery. You see it a lot, and I think I think they were trying to mimic kind of older maybe sort of like 70s or 80s kind of artsy films mm. with it, but it just looks so shitty and out of place, like in a 2018 movie. Yeah. It, was, it took away from what was going on, but otherwise, really great movie. Um, and then uh, I saw Birds of Prey. 
last yeah. weekend. Yeah, yeah. You talking Harley Quinn? Harley Birds Quinn. Of Birds, Birds of Prey. <laughs> That's right. Well, apparently... That's um, just for ticket sales. Just ticket sites list it with that title. The actual title of the movie, they're not pulling a... Um, uh, fuck, what was Live the Edge repeat. of Tomorrow? Live, Die, Repeat. Yeah, which... They changed the How on earth is that a better title than Edge of Tomorrow? I, I don't know. Wait, no. It was Live, Die, Repeat, then it was changed no, to Edge no, of No, no, no. Edge of Tomorrow was the original name. Oh, was it really? Yeah. Well, actually, it was based off of a Japanese manga, I think, which was called All You Need Is Kill. Oh. And then the movie was released as... Um, Edge of Tomorrow, but like all the marketing just had the live, die, repeat, mm-hmm. you know, over the posters and everything. It's not a bad marketing. And I guess they cause... decided that was more of a recognizable name at that point. And that's a great movie too. It was I, fun. I, I really like that movie. They're making a sequel. They're eventually going to get around to actually doing yeah. it. But uh, anyways, Birds of Prey. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was good. Yeah. I thought it was good. Mm-hmm. Um, by default, it's my number one movie of 2020 so far. <laughs> um, but you know, it's not perfect. I wouldn't say I loved it. Um, Hannah enjoyed it a lot more, I think, than I did. I still really liked it. I would watch it again. Um, well, yeah, but I don't think it's it's not heavy-handed in that way. Mm-hmm. Um. It doesn't draw attention to that. It's not Just, like in-game action, where it's a scene of all the women coming together. Right. Yeah. <laughs> God, I, um, I, I hate that scene so much because it's so on I just the nose. Re- I just rewatched that. That's the whole it's reason I popped so it in my head. It's so on the nose. It's so bad. It's like I have no problem with that whatsoever. It's just so on the nose. Like, like it's clearly making a political statement while making a political statement. And I'm like, again... I don't care. That's great. But also, it's like, that took me right out of the movie because it was like, it clearly what they were trying to do. Uh, like I mean, and I don't think it took me out of the movie, but yeah. I just, I it, was, it, it was out of place. Yeah. Um, Way out of place. But. Not that bad. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, Margot Robbie's great as Harley Quinn. I think at this point, she is to Harley Quinn like what Robert Downey Jr. is to Iron Man mm-hmm. or Hugh Jackman to Wolverine. Like, yeah. it's hard to imagine. Anyway, another better. take on it um ewan mcgregor was obviously having like the time of his life being the bad guy in this mm-hmm. um and so yeah the movie was great whenever one of those you know those two were on screen and harley quinn definitely takes up the lion's share of screen time I don't know why this is a Birds of Prey film. Like, yeah. it's, it's a Harley Quinn movie through and through. I think um, that's my primary issue with the movie is sort of the way it's structured and then just the lack of development for the actual Birds of Prey. Um, like, Harley, the, she's constantly narrating the movie, which annoyed me to begin with. And I think they were trying to communicate some kind of like, you know, since she's crazy, like Mm -hmm. her way of telling the story is scatterbrained and all over the place. But like the movie is constantly going ahead and she'd be like, oh wait, let me explain this thing. And then it jumps back like a couple days, Mm -hmm. shows something else that really doesn't illuminate anything. It just kind of takes away from what you were just watching. And it, it does that like two or three times, just keeps 
Yeah. Jumping back. I didn't really like that. Um, I don't think that helped. And I don't, I got to wonder if that was in the script or if that was a reshoot. That was a post-production kind of done in editing sort of thing. Um, and then I, this really seems like maybe birds of prey was a long planned movie. I don't know. You might know better than I do. That was in the works. And then after Suicide Squad, Margot Robbie was the only thing that really came out of there. And then they maybe glued her on to this movie to try to sell it better. The origins of this goes, it was going to be Harley Quinn. It was going to be Gotham City Sirens. That's that's what this was going to be. (laughs) Straight up. And that got put on hold because Matt Reeves signed on as the Batman director and he wanted full creative control over pretty much every single Batman character, uh, probably other than Harley. And I'm imagining he probably wanted full creative control over the Joker as well. And that's probably why you don't see Jared Leto as the Joker at all in this movie. Um, you do. Well, you see but like it's a body suicide devil. squad footage. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Um, and I don't think you actually even see his face. There are only shots from like behind him. Yeah. I, that's why I hear it's like, it's almost like a, it's a body devil. It, it's not even, uh, it's pre-existing footage. Yeah. But yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's it was supposed to be that. Now, from what I hear, like this movie, I don't think it's true, but could be hinting at Gotham City Sirens getting ready to kick off. Not or, really. I mean, there's I doubt there's any Poison Ivy or Catwoman references. I think there's a small Poison Ivy reference. Yeah. So I don't. I don't you can spoil it. For I don't me. think I really this don't is care. really spoilery, but uh, in the beginning, Harley's kind of getting you up to speed. And there's kind of these cartoon like infographics, mm-hmm. like illustrating things she's talking yeah. about. And she was saying, like, I before she went crazy, like having a complicated love life. And it kind of shows a few different characters. And then one it briefly flips to is a redheaded woman. Oh, and I wonder if maybe that, that could be it. supposed to be a little yeah. nod to Poison Ivy, but um. So the movie starts with Harley Quinn. Uh, the Joker breaks up with her for some reason. It's not really explained. And then now that she doesn't have the Joker's protection, I guess everyone in Gotham decides they want to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's a running thing. And then you have the Birds of Prey characters, so Black Canary and Huntress and... Renee Montoya, yeah, who is just cop. She's yeah. just cop. Just cop. Just cops. Not even particularly good cop. She's just cop. Just cop. Um, you know, and their uh, their conflict with um, Black Mask, and then the two kind of meet. But I feel like yeah, it would would have been better if there was a Gotham City Sirens movie where it could have been, you know. Harley Quinn versus, you know, open season on Harley Quinn, and then maybe she encounters Poison Ivy and mm-hmm. or Catwoman. I don't know if Catwoman's part of that. And then you could have had just a Birds of Prey movie, which is Black Canary and Huntress trying to deal with Black Mask. Um, I could see, well, yeah, and even with this, like, I feel like I, without even seeing the movie yet, I feel like something that could have worked better is that it's just a hard, it's a Harley Quinn movie. Harley, the, maybe even title it the Fantavious emancipation of one harley quinn it could be the title of that movie or whatever just that um 
and have the supporting characters still be the birds of prey, but don't have it be in the title. And then, like, you could easily have it be, like, at the end of the movie, Harley goes back to jail or prison or whatever, and then Black Canary and Huntress are, like, uh, now that that girl gang's over, they're like, maybe we should start one of our own or something like that. And just kind of, like, hint, wink at the camera, the birds of prey, an actual birds of prey movie's coming. But, you know, of course, it's very odd to have birds of prey without Batgirl in it. That's the main thing of that. so well, there's Cassandra Kane who uh, is in it, but apparently is like nothing like her comic no, book character at all. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't yeah. do anything. Let me ask you this: Everyone was saying this movie is like surprisingly violent. Is it like actually that violent, it's or is it not very bloody? But Harley Quinn just fucking loves breaking legs in this movie. Mm-hmm. Does it to at least three different people. <laughs> um. And the action was well filmed, yeah. I think, especially towards the end. There's a big fight in like this abandoned fun house, which you see in the trailers, and mm-hmm. that sequence was pretty cool because you have all the characters finally together yeah. and everything. Um, Black Canary is probably, I think, the other standout, although a lot of people really like Mary Elizabeth Winstead as Huntress. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is great, just wish she was in it more. Yeah. Um, but Black Canary is probably the one character that gets out of the Birds of Prey, has the most screen time. And um, again, I'm not familiar with the character, so I can't really say. Does she get her full? If this is a faithful interpretation or not, but I like the character. And does Black Canary get like her actual like Black Canary suit with like the fishnets and the mm. black shorts and the leather mm. jacket? They have more traditional looking suits on at the very end but they're still really whack looking mm. um, see that's annoying to me yeah. black canary is iconic she's iconic leather jacket fishnets black shorts yeah. she was cool she uses her canary cry but i'm gonna Has say she even put on a blonde wig ever no oh man what the hell um i heard her hair is kind of got like a blonde dye in it yeah but like black canary's whole thing is that she's not actually blonde she wears a wig to hide her identity and then oh, she, really yeah she takes it off huh. she's my favorite character in injustice too that's a good game the one character i could really get you know any, what i say get that's, any work done with guess what i just said that's a good game and that is still in its packaging on my shelf and i've not played it once i download it i know max i know i bought it's it. it's hard that's why i'm not good at fighting games um I would like to see more from all of these characters, but this maybe crosses into our in the news thing. I don't know if now we can talk about this aspect of it. Just Yeah, we'll touch on that first. Horribly underperforming, yeah. apparently. Uh, opening weekend was $33 million. I don't know what the budget was, but I'm pretty sure it's certifiably bombed at yeah. this point. Well, we, let's touch on that in a little bit. There's actually some better news on that than you might have actually expected. But, um, but yeah, that's good. Uh, Tanner, what would you give Birds of Prey out of five out of our ever-changing ranking? Maybe a 3.25 out of five. It's not bad. Not bad. Um, okay, so for me, what I watched this past week, um, I watched uh, Troop Zero, which was the Amazon original film that was streaming. It's actually just a straight-up streaming movie. The Girl movie. Scout P movie. The Girl Scout P movie uh, is a pretty apt description. Um, it's about a small town, Alabama, Georgia? I think it's Southern. Georgia. Fucking whatever. Yeah. Small town, so- a small southern town uh, uh, group of Girl Scouts. Um 
and uh, it's basically about this one girl, <clears throat> this one girl who wants to become a Girl Scout, and the uh, the, the high ranking, you know, the real prim and proper Girl Scouts won't let her in. So I already it, talked about this with Tim. Oh, you did? Yeah, I did. This was on Cinemax list. Well, I'm going to talk about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Well, you, then you know the gist in the movie. I thought it was, I actually really loved the movie. I'll just movie. cut that out. I'll cut it yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, I, just that. Got, I, will, I will go into it other than I just say, like, I, I really love it. Uh, I thought it was really, really well done. Um, I actually wish there was more Jim Gaffigan in this. I just thought yeah. his character was hilarious. I think Jim's actually, he, I mean, he's getting a lot of acting roles right now. If you look at his, like, guy stays busy he's on tour all the damn time and he's in like four movies a year for the past like four years he's he's really picking it up um but i, I liked jim gaffigan in this i thought the child actors were really good in this um i loved the atmosphere of the movie um just really puts you in this cozy small town feel um i just i i really really enjoyed it um so i i definitely check out troop zero it's streaming now like streaming in two nice, nice. The movie is streaming in many ways. Yeah, actually, it was really till the very end, and I don't want to spoil it for people who want to go watch it. But to the very end, the last like bit of that, I was like, "All right, that's mm, we just don't need that." Took a weird turn. We don't need that. That's a little bit strange. I was just waiting for the adults to join in too. And I'm like, yes. All right, this is getting this is getting out of hand. But uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe uh, just final shot is Jim Gaffigan's peeing face. <laughs> yeah. So check out Troop Zero. It's streaming on Amazon Prime. <laughs> Next, I watched uh, Booksmart, uh, the coming-of-age film directed by Olivia Wilde, you Jason Sudeikis' wife. You weren't wife. too impressed with that, were you? not a big fan of Booksmart. Uh, I was watching this, and I had to convince my fiancé to watch it. She's like, I just don't think this looks very funny. I don't want to watch it. I'm like, how about you give it a shot? How about you give it a chance and, and watch the movie? And I'm watching this, and I'm like, man, really hope <laughs> that this starts making her not hate this movie because I'm not enjoying this really at all. And it wasn't wasn't I didn't enjoy it. It was watchable. It just wasn't nearly as good as what a lot of people were saying it was. In terms of coming-of-age movies that I've seen recently, it is probably my least favorite. You probably had the same feeling I had when I was watching fucking Lady Bird. Yeah, and I was like, what the fuck yeah, is this? Lady Bird's I, down. I like Lady I Bird, not. but it's, bought, it's, down the, it's like Booksmart, Lady Bird. I think it's just because people hyped it up so... Yeah. Yeah, much I think and i was it, like this has got to be good and, and like, then i watched and i was like, yeah. just disappointed in terms of like coming of age movies that i've watched recently it's like book smart ladybird uh eighth grade and edge of 17 like in that order edge of 17 is incredible uh eighth grade was okay uh ladybird i liked it um i actually I, I thought it was a sweet movie but also i could see how you wouldn't have liked it uh book smart is probably my last on that list i just i just didn't i didn't find it very funny I didn't really care about the characters that much. Um, I was like, ah, you know, like I said, again, I said in our text, totally uh, uh, diversity in a movie is never going to be a, a black mark on your record, right? That's always going to be a good thing. But I couldn't help but feel this movie was getting a lot of praise because it aligned with maybe a lot of the West Coast uh, political stances and views. And not that there's... Not that there's anything wrong with that. Just saying that I think it, because it was catering, c- c- you know, more of a, I don't want to say this type of political thing, but more like a liberal, say it. more of a liberal mindset. Political right. podcast now. Let's go. Uh, yeah, it's more sure. of a, it was definitely a more, it, it probably catered more to the liberal beliefs. And so there's a lot more liberal movie reviewers than there are 
not to give it who gives a shit they're just it's that's what it is so i feel like a lot of this movie was given such high praise because it just aligned with a lot of good uh, the, a lot of the politics that people wanted to see in a movie which is totally fine again diversity is totally fine that's great to see in a movie but i that was like one of the main things I was like is this really why it's getting good marks because there's plenty of movies out there with plenty of diversity that is much much better than this so i was just getting a little confused by that i thought there were like I don't know. It had a lot of hype behind it for sure, but then of course that all petered out. Like it, I don't think it got any award recognition it it. whatsoever it at the end it. of the year. It didn't. And so I, I, I thought it was fine. Um, my opinion on it has lessened since I've seen it, but I don't think it's bad. I just I think maybe what you said. Uh, there are other movies that do the same thing, tell the same kind of story, and I've yeah. just done it a little better. Yeah. Uh, there wasn't anything insanely memorable about it for me. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I just, I just wasn't digging it. Didn't dig it very much. Didn't really care about the characters. Didn't care about the side characters. Yeah. I was just happy to see the credits roll on that one. I wasn't a big fan of Pokemon. I liked Lady Bird though. I liked Lady Bird just fine. Yeah. Um, and then the last movie I saw this past week was actually a pretty big surprise for me. And maybe not because I, I do find most comedies that I watch typically I, I do get good laughs out of them but I watched Stuber with Dave Bautista and uh, Kumail Nanjiani where Kumail is playing yet again an Uber driver like he was in The Big Sick um, he plays an Uber driver and Dave Bautista who plays a police officer uh, who's also a police officer that is like basically blind he has like very little vision can't can't see well at all um, so he calls an Uber to help get him to a scene, and he basically holds Kumail Nanjiani's character, uh, Stu, uh, hostage for <laughs> the entirety of the movie, taking him on these uh, ridiculous police jaunts, uh, trying to track down a killer. And it uh, leads to, I thought, hysterical results. Uh, I thought it was a very funny movie. Um, I thought Dave Bautista and Kumail Nanjiani had great chemistry. I thought Dave Bautista in general, I just find his brand of humor very funny, just the way he delivers his lines and everything, his yeah. Drax and Guardians and, and, and in this. Um, I thought it was good. So definitely check out Stuber. I don't know where it's streaming, if it is, but uh, I thought it was definitely worth a watch. It's definitely one of those Friday night movies. You just sit back and enjoy. Have have a good time. It was, uh, so definitely I could recommend Stuber. I think it's funny enough to, for a watch. Yeah. So. Jay, anything you want to talk about? Yeah. Go well, ahead. Been, right. Except for I'm not going to talk about it because my boy Tim isn't here. Oh, gotcha. 1917, I want to touch on and talk with Tim. Yes. We've been waiting forever. Yes. I actually didn't um, finish watching it the other day, but yeah. Because ah, I was going to... Fucking crazy. Because I was going to watch it with my dad, <laughs> so I was waiting to maybe go see it with yeah, my dad. Go go watch it. Um, other than that, I went and weaved out in the movie theater with four of my other best friends. Uh-huh watching weathering with you you have other friends no it was just there's four other people in the theater <laughs> oh, four, four of my closest friends been out in the theater um so that was good an anime that's uh follow-up uh from the director that did your name which is another yeah. anime which i think is like the highest grossing uh, anime film mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. the world yep. um which is really good this one didn't hold up as well the art style was awesome um but the story Story was there, but the pacing wasn't. It it, mm-hmm. it was weird. Yeah. Um, so watch that. Um, also, in the last week or two, I watched Peanut Butter Falcon. Finally caught up on that. Good. Oh yeah, you went on a tear. It was, it was good. Um, the the chemistry between Shia and I believe Zach was great. Um, so that was really good. And then I ended up watching Honey Boy 
two nights ago. Yeah, that was. was like Monday. Mm-hmm. So yeah, caught up on those because I, I know that we talked about it with uh, I can't remember her name. She called into the cast one Brianna. time. Yeah, and talked about that one being like her favorite from Sundance. Um, so finally watched that. It was good. It's good. And for anyone listening, it's free on Amazon Prime. Oh, yeah, so. Honey Boy? Honey Boy. Shit. Okay. So there you have it. Sweet. There's that. Also, I'm waiting. I think Jojo Rabbit releases today on streaming services or tomorrow. Oh, really? I'm pretty sure. Unless it gets Is an it Oscar supposed run. supposed to be on Prime? or I think it's supposed to be somewhere in there. I thought it was February 13th. I'm probably going to own it, actually. Jojo's amazing. So, And it may be pushed back just because they'll probably do an extra run yeah. to the Oscars. But. Yeah. Jojo's great. So I want to. I want to watch that. You're gonna love that movie. You know, it was based on a book. Yeah, I did not. Do I had no the, idea. Do you know that the woman that wrote the book is a babe. Is she? Yeah. Oh, dude, okay. I had no idea. Oh. I thought Jojo Rabbit was a totally well, original yeah, screenplay. Well, yeah, because it won for adapted it's screenplay, not, and I'm like, what the fuck was it adapted from? And the book's not. The book's not called Jojo Rabbit. That's yeah, the, it's. But I can't remember. Caging what it's called. Skies or something like. Yeah. That. Huh. I had no idea. Yeah. I thought that was Taika's original idea. Nope. Huh. Very good. It's a very good movie. So, yeah, I, I want to see that. That movie went from like when Taika. So that movie took me from Taika getting it, like rumored to direct a Star Wars movie and me being like, "Ugh, don't know if that's the best fit." To watching Jojo Rabbit and going, "Yep, I would. I'll watch anything he directs because Jojo was phenomenal." Um, okay. Did you not think about that with Ragnarok? No, I like. I like. Uh, <laughs> I liked Ragnarok. I, I enjoyed Ragnarok, and I was like, I could watch movies done I, by this I guy, just, and I didn't know who Taika was at that point. I just think Ragnarok is such a different brand than what Star Wars needs to be. Yeah, it's um, just say uh, you know, I yeah. uh, Taika is Jojo hilarious. Rabbit though, but not on brand. Yeah, yeah. I, well, with like Jojo had more humor, I know, really, I know, but I but I thought it was good. Yeah. But yeah. Um, okay, moving on to our uh, next segment here in the news, which we have a few <laughs> topics, which we're going to add. We're going to add one more to this, and that is Robert Pattinson. I thought that was the main one. I can't believe we're just now adding it. I know. (laughs) I know. Uh, Robert Pattinson is uh, officially revealed in the Batsuit. Not all the way. We don't get to see the top of his head. We don't get to see below his waist. I want to see that ass. I want to see that dong. But... uh, What if it's just a shirt and a cape, and and he's just completely nude from the waist down? That would put a lot of fear into people, I think. It's actually all body paint. Um, yeah. But, man. <laughs> yeah, it's just painted on. But, man. It's just uh, starting out. I uh, freaking love the design of the suit. I think it looks awesome. It looks mechanical. It looks like Batman Arkham, the Arkham video game series. It just looks so, so cool. Does it? Yeah. I've never played any of the Arkham games. So it I'm does resemble yeah. does a it? little. His yeah. suit, yeah. Much less bulky, but. Yeah. Uh, that we don't get to see a full look at the cowl. The cowl almost looks daredevilish in a way. Um, but kind of did. I think that's just due to the dar- how dark that it was. Jawline, though. Oh man, the jaw to carry the carry the cowl. Um, and uh, so we didn't get to see the bad ears though. But I'm assuming they're gonna be like shorter ears, kind of maybe back further on his head. Yeah. Um, it's gonna be shorter like Ben Affleck's, but they're gonna be kind of directed. Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. <laughs> he sells insurance. Uh, yeah. Uh, I just, man, I got chills. Dude, it was, it has been, I forgot what it was like to be like actually super excited about a DC movie. I, I forgot what it was like to get like super just yeah. jazzed because like, of course I was excited for Shazam and Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Of course I was. But at the end of the day, the nitty gritty DC stuff with Superman, Green Lantern, Batman, you know, Flash for me, those are, that's like what I've always loved about DC. And um, it's been a while since we've gotten like any of those iconic characters so for me this is insane a great feeling again to feel like just ecstatic about 
the DC universe because it's just been so long. I've been so hyped. Do you think is he supposed to be doing like a more original story, or is this going to be like a long Halloween? People are thinking that there's a, the potential that he is adapting the long Halloween because of how many villains he's casting. Well, in after reading the long Halloween, um, even the Dark Knight was heavily, heavily yeah. inspired by the long Halloween, although it chopped out like a lot of the more yeah con not convoluted it took a lot from it um the entire nolan trilogy took things from like batman year one and the long yeah. halloween but yeah. i would like to see a straight up adaptation of the long halloween it, it, it very well could be something like that um i mean he's said before when he was making this movie it was gonna be batman the world's greatest detective which is you know one of his many yeah. surnames surtitles what would it be surnames surtitles is it Nicknames, and uh, nicknames, you know, Dark Knight, you know, all that <laughs> stuff. But uh, you know, the world's greatest detective is one, and and um, Matt Reeves has felt like Batman hasn't ever had the chance to truly be the world's greatest detective. No. So he is dedicating this movie to him solving a mystery while also being kick-ass Batman. So, um, yeah, guys, super excited. The score on that was great too. Did you listen to it? No. What? Like oh. in the six-second six video? No, it's like it's like forty seconds. Yeah, it's that video. Seconds, Jordan. There's a score. No, it's too. not. Fucking bullshit. It I is. watched it. Forty oh, whole seconds. Yeah, it's like forty seconds. No, it wasn't. Yeah, Call bullshit. I mean, yeah, it's, it was creepy music, I guess. It's or, Michael uh, Giacchino. Now tell me this: Has the emblem on Batman's suit ever been able to be taken out and used as a weapon? Uh, <laughs> that's what it looks like right here. <laughs> that's what a lot of people think is that is bat. The bat symbol is going to be able to be batarangs. That's what it is. Yeah. Like you can see the wear and tear on that. And yeah, that alone. Hmm. I think that's kind of cool. And it's separate. Like it's two different pieces. Yeah, I think I think that's going to be one of the. Yeah, it's kind of like Robin. Robin did that with his R on his chest. He could always use that as like a batarang Goody. type thing. So that that seemed like they could be. Taken. It doesn't look like a batarang though. No, I mean it's a very it's a weird shaped bat. It's got a belt. It's got a belt clip on it. He pushes it, it and his eyes glow, or he says a catchphrase. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, no, I'm very very excited about this movie, and uh, you know, got a ways away to go. But man, it's a great way to kick it off. Matt Reeves showing off the bat suit. Um, Next, the French Dispatch, uh, the new Wes Anderson movie, the French the French Dispatch of the Liberty Kansas Sun. Um, which I'm not, Evening Sun. Evening Sun. God damn it, Siri. Siri Tanner. Right. Um, of the Liberty, Kansas. Clearly. Evening Sun. So a little reference to our home state here. Um, the is going to be, uh, yeah, it's a, it takes place in France, uh, and it looks like it's going to be kind I, of a vignette, a lot of vignettes tied together yeah. by one through line. I don't know. Um, but uh, it definitely, as the Reddit, as the Reddit comment says, the most Wes Anderson film ever. It looks like I said in the group chat, like borderline self parody. Yeah. Like, but I think it's just a total distillation of every other Wes Anderson kind of thing. Yep. I wonder if there's going to be a stop motion animation segment. Probably, dude. I um, I, I love, dude. I, I I love it though. I love it so much. His his the way he shoots things. Even in dude, even in uh, Grand Budapest, there's like a stop motion kind of thing. The 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 mountain the trolley thing yeah. is stop yeah. motion, or I or it's a model that runs, but virtually the same thing. Right. Um, I just love how Wes shoots his movies, and I, I the, the I've loved every story he's told, and I can't wait. It just looked really good. Killer cast. Yeah, the cast is loaded. Um, 
the color looks very much like Wes Anderson, very pale yellows and pinks and blues and stuff like that, almost pastel like colors. He loves that. Um, Owen Wilson coming back in a major role. It's good to see Owen. You know, Owen, little bit of trivia here for you. Owen and Wes Anderson were roommates in college at Texas. Yeah. Yeah. At Austin. Uh, uh, they, uh, they met and they were roommates from like their sophomore year on. So they're best buds. Mm-hmm. And that's why you see Owen Wilson and like every one of Wes Anderson's movies for that reason. Wow. Yeah. Pretty neat. Um, moving right along. Comes out on my birthday. Oh, oh. happy birthday. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, moving right along. Something else I was a little shocked by. Sonic the Hedgehog is getting decent reviews. Where are you seeing this? It's probably after the rework, right? Yeah. It's like 64% fresh. Whoa, 64%. That's fresh? 65. I didn't think that was possible. 65% fresh. Now. I think that means 65% of critics don't hate it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would say, which but it is also not has the a, same thing. It also as... has an 88% uh, theater or, or uh, audience. audience score. Is that so, out this weekend? That's Friday, right? Tomorrow? Or I yeah. guess this evening. Friday. Yeah, tonight. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it came out Valentine's Day weekend. Hell yeah, yeah dude. Hell Everyone, yeah. Everyone's going to be bundled up. Dude, all the, watch all the fursuits, all the furries <laughs> in the theater. Yeah, nothing says romance like a oh, dude, I'm CGI not seeing fresh blue hedgehog. I'm not seeing fresh. It's a 65% fresh. Dude, that's not the fresh symbol, man. It's not that's certified regu- fresh. Oh, it's not certified. Okay. Uh, certi- I didn't not, realize it, there was a difference. Oh, yeah. It won't be certified. It's it's just fresh. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm picking up what you're putting down. What's this movie? Portrait of a Lady on Fire. This seems like a... So that's French? The uh, it is. Billie Eilish Bond theme was released. Okay. I didn't listen Bond? to that. Bond yeah. theme? Bond. What did I say? Dude, she crushed it on the, the Oscars. I didn't watch the Oscars. I just kind of oh, refreshed the, the, in, um, the memoriam. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, actually, I didn't, I didn't watch the Oscars either, so... Wow. But hey, congrats the to Parasite. The here? Have been. Parasite did the major sweep. Dude. Jo, what's his name? Bong Joon-ho. Bong, yeah, yeah, thank you. His speeches were good. Well, he had a translator. Yeah. But they were good. Dude, he's great. Um, but yeah, Sonic's getting good reviews. Uh, <laughs> Jim Carrey, he's back. Um, I don't know if I'm going to see this in theaters. Probably, maybe I'll... You don't know? I'm probably not. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's. A, I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm probably. Gonna, I'll probably rent it when it's on the red box, maybe, or when it's eventually on a streaming service of some kind. But um, I guess take your family. It's getting good reviews. Uh, Aladdin two is happening. Uh, new director and writers for that. I guess hopefully they're doing Return of Jafar. But also I watched the original uh, Aladdin remake, original Aladdin remake, and uh, it wasn't very good. <laughs> so. Do I mean, you? there were some fun scenes, but I was like, again, with all these ones so far, I'm like, man, I just wish I was watching the original. Do you think Disney ever approached Dev Patel to be Aladdin? And when he told them no, do you think they're just like, fuck? <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> probably. They thought for sure, oh, we got this in the bag. Dev Patel is going to be in the Aladdin. What makes you say that? Oh, just, I've got a feeling. And he's like, no, dude, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna play Aladdin. <laughs> That's a really funny point. I don't know. He does look a lot like Aladdin. Well, I mean, he's, <laughs> he's not like, 
Well, no, he's got like I feel like he has the same like nose structure and everything mm. and face shape as the cartoon character. Well, yeah, that's what I was getting Maybe. at. I wasn't like being racist. I, I wasn't <laughs> accusing you of being racist. Well, I was worried it sounded like it. Hey, uh, Rick Moranis is coming back. He is coming out of retirement for 24 years to be in Shrunk, the, I guess, sequel to Honey, I Shrunk the Kids 2, because there's three, there's two of them, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, We Shrunk Ourselves or something like that. Yeah, something like and that. And then Honey, I Blew Up the Baby, right? They did blow up a baby, like literally. Oh, Jesus. No, isn't there Maybe one where they make a baby a giant? I don't, yeah. I don't remember what the was title in, is. Or I was blew that up the... in two? Oh, Baby Geniuses. No. no. <laughs> I don't know, but they're making one. And Rick Moranis, they signed Honey, him. I'm too big. <laughs> Man, that's... He's gotten too fat for his pants. Something you're... Oh, okay. What were you thinking? Yeah. Um... I don't know if this is a big deal. Maybe Rick's probably just going to make a cameo appearance. That's probably what I'm thinking. Yeah. Uh, he's just going to make a little cameo. Uh, but Good, Rick Moranis. We get to see him again. Maybe he'll make an appearance in Ghostbusters since he's coming out for that. Um, and then the last topic we were to discuss, which was relating to the uh, what we watched this week, Birds of Prey was originally kind of flopping, or it did underperform by about $17 million the last is week in it, box is office. Is it starting to rally? It is starting to rally. Uh, it made eighty one dollar, eighty one million dollars. <laughs> yes, eighty one dollars. It sold four tickets. Uh, <laughs> I know that'd be uh, seven. That'd be about seven with tax. It's it's, yeah. uh, it's a rally, man. Uh, they made eighty one dollars. <laughs> Jesus, eighty one million dollars opening weekend. I like eighty one dollars better. Let's stick with that. Yeah. Um. $81 million opening weekend, uh, and it's um, it's um, rallying. Now, it had about a budget of $120 million, I believe, um, so it's going to make over its – it's going to make its budget, and I don't know what its marketing budget was, but it's 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 still probably going to be an okay financial, quote-unquote, success. I mean, I don't know what they – I don't know. I mean, they're going to make their money back on it is basically what I'm saying. Um uh, is what the the hope is from what I read on Box Office Mojo, but just what I was thinking, like why could this have ha- how could have this ha- how could this have happened? And I think there is a few reasons why. Um, one, I thought the decision to go R rated was a bad decision with this movie. I don't know if it served the movie well, um, and given the fact that Suicide Squad ma- was terrible and made a ton of money, uh, and it was PG thirteen. I feel like they probably had a lot of return fans who would have come to see the Harley Quinn movie that can't see it because they're simply not old enough to see it. Um, that that would have loved to see this this film. So that probably. Oh, I mean, it would have improved their odds, but I mean, Joker made a billion dollars, and that was R. True. So you don't need to be PG thirteen to yeah, be successful. That's true. But I think it was mostly because like the marketing behind it though, it kinda didn't look like it would appeal to anyone over like twenty five or like a man over twenty five. It seemed like it was going and nothing wrong with this, but it seemed like it was going more like with the the female type marketing. I don't uh, think it was pushing that angle. I think it was uh, probably just Dudes not want to watch it because they're like, oh, an all-female movie, or I don't want to be pandered to or politicized to, <laughs> yeah. and so they avoided it. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know what went wrong. Maybe it's connection to Suicide Squad. Yeah, and that movie was terrible, so people were like, I don't know if I want to watch that. But Suicide Squad's still getting a sequel, so. Yeah. That, uh, what I will say, too, I do think the title 
didn't help. Title's awful. Birds of, titling it Birds of Prey, especially from what you said, it makes no sense. It's not a Birds of Prey movie. It's a Harley Quinn movie. They should have called it Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey if they wanted to have the Birds of Prey angle in there. Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey is perfect. Not Harley Quinn, Birds of Prey. Harley Quinn, colon. Birds of Prey. Birds of Prey. Uh, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey. Uh, that needs to be its... I'm being sassy here, but if that was its actual title, they should go back and then rename all the other DC movies, like Batman, colon, Superman. Superman. (laughs) (laughs) Man, colon, Steel. Aqua, colon, Man. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, dude, I don't know. I'll, I'll still go see it. Or is that a semicolon? I'm not like... I should know this. It's a colon. All right, never mind. Let's move on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. Damn, you should know. This. I should know this. English major. <laughs> I'm not going to. Made me question myself. Though. I wasn't actually ever in the mood to run out and see this film. Like the moment it came out, even as a big DC fan. Um, but I'll still go see it at some point. It's fun. Yeah. It's fun. That's what I'll say. It's fun. I'd again. I'd watch it again. Yeah. Goes on sale. I'd buy it for like five or ten bucks. Yeah. Um. Okay, well, that's going to cover it for In the News, and we're just going to move on to our big topic of the day, which is our 2010... 2020. All right, what year is it? <laughs> we're in full, full uh, stroke We right are. Now. Our 2020 <laughs> most anticipated films, our top 10 most anticipated films. Now, for me, I didn't actually list these in any particular order. Um, I just listed my... Just in general, yeah. top ten. Why didn't films. you do it in order? I haven't. I didn't decide. I, I was having troubles deciding. I put mine in order. Well, good. Um, <laughs> you can have yours. Did it right. <laughs> you know what? Actually, I could probably do this off the top of my head in order. Do it right now. All right, bitch. Fine, <laughs> bitch. Um, okay, so I guess we'll just start with me, and we'll just go through our top ten. I don't have a top ten, so fine. I didn't realize we were doing it till it's okay when I heard it. We'll do. I'll do my top ten, and then Tanner will do his. That's I'll just, fine. I'll just You're pick, not going to bounce back and forth. I'll just pick whoever's I agree more with. Just do it all right now. Yeah. Okay, my number one most anticipated movie of 2020 is going to be. You're starting from the most. Oh, okay, so my ten. number 10... Yeah. Oh, this is going to be harder now. Come my on. number 10 most anticipated... We just lost like 500 viewers. <laughs> my number 10 you. most anticipated movie of 2020 is Halloween Kills. Uh, I liked the new Halloween they did that two Halloweens ago. Uh, holidays ago, rather. Um, and I'm excited for that to come out this coming Halloween. Um, I always enjoy a good spooky movie. And uh, I'm excited to see this next one. Uh, I don't know how Michael Myers keeps living, but why not? We'll check it out. Halloween Kills is my number 10 most anticipated movie of 2020. Cool. Tanner. Oh, wait. We're going down our list. Okay. <laughs> Great segment. I love it. All right, yeah. We've got this flushed we're, we're out. Just, number nine most anticipated flushed. movie of 2020, A Quiet Place 2. Um, as someone who really enjoyed- Quiet Place to what? Rip. Mm. Rip ass. Yeah. Um, That'd be good if like the movie was just Emily Blunt trying to find somewhere to fart. Oh! Just like, just like, <laughs> Just like oh, she finally, finally, she finally like leans up against the fence, like thinking it's gonna be silent, and then just lets it go. She, she's like, "Oh, oh fuck!" <laughs> oh man, <laughs> that fart's gonna gossip in my life, and it's not because they aren't. Oh um, god! All right, uh, Quiet Place Two. Uh, why not? John Krasinski, uh, great director of the original. Really like the original, and I'm excited to see where they take things in the sequel. Um, and see it's how it's a sequel, they can... but they they show like 
prior to like where yeah. it starts, right? They're, yeah, they're doing in like the flashbacks. They're okay. kind of seeing okay. how it starts and everything. So I'm excited to see where they could take the story from where I left off at Quiet Place 1. So that's my number nine. Um, number eight is going to be Last Night in Soho. Um, that is Edgar Wright's new movie that is coming out in 2020, obviously, uh, following up uh, his last adventure, which was Baby Driver. I'm a big Edgar Wright fan. Uh, I've seen all of his films besides uh, Scott Pilgrim. And uh, I know, I still need to watch it all the way through. And uh, I, I uh, am very excited to see what he does next. Um, so I'm always I'm always there for Edgar Wright movies. Baby Driver was a home run. And uh, Last Night So, which is supposed to be like this kind of horror-style movie, has got Anya Taylor-Joy in it, um, which she's been in a lot of things lately, and, and her star is rising. So it'll be interesting to see that. That's my number eight most anticipated movie of 2020. My number seven most anticipated movie is Mank. Uh, Mank, directed by David Fincher. Mank. Uh, and it's uh, based off of another famous director and his life and times. And it's a, it's a biopic. I, I think Fincher is one of the greatest working directors. He dude has like not put out a bad movie ever. If you look at his catalog of stuff, like he just does he hasn't put out anything. Alien three. I guess Alien Three. That was a, that was like a long time ago, though. Yeah, that was his second studio movie, I think, <laughs> yeah. and it almost made him quit Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, because the studio messed around with him so hard. But guys, I'm a be real. Even the director, quote unquote, director's cut of Alien Three, is still trash. Well, there you have it. But other than that, all of his movies have been great. I love Zodiac. I love The Social Network. Um, I love his Netflix show. Um, uh, Mindhunter, I just think he's just a really great director, very talented, and I can't wait to see what he does next, no matter what it's about. Um, so that's my number seven most anticipated What if movie. it was Mankey? Pokemon. Okay I like that. Mankey. That's fun. Um, my number six most anticipated movie of 2020 is going to be Dune. Um, Dune, I know nothing about. I know nothing about the story. All I know is that... Uh, uh, Kyle MacLachlan was starred in the Dune movie that came out however long ago, directed by David Lynch. I know it's based off a book. I know that David Lynch film has kind of gotten cult status, where it's like it, people don't. It's one of those movies that people originally didn't think is very good, but have grown to love it. Um, I know very little about Dune. All I know is that this movie has an incredibly stacked cast. Yeah. Uh, Denis Villeneuve is the director. Um, who directed Blade Runner 2049 and has directed tons of other things that he's just been killing lately. Um, and he's compared this to, as, and I hate this quote, but he called it like Star Wars for adults or whatever. So I'm interested to see if he can capture like a Star Wars type magic in, in this sci-fi world. Um, that's what I'm most anticipating. That's what I'm anticipating most is if he can kind of capture that feel um, and do something completely different. And so uh, I think he's probably one of the best guys you could trust to try and do something like that. So again, without knowing anything about the story of Dune, the book, the previous movie, anything, uh, this is my most anticipated. That's my number six. Um, my number five most anticipated movie is going to be Death on the Nile. That is the follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express. Uh, it's a Agatha Christie novel. Uh, she, she wrote a whole bunch of these, um, and I really, I really liked uh, Murder on the Orient Express. I thought it was really, really good. I it's probably a guilty pleasure how much I like it because I don't think it was too gangbusters for people. Never saw it. 
I thought it was just, I, it, for me, it was the atmosphere. It was a very atmospheric movie. And I, if they can nail that down for me, I always just, I, it's one of those movies I could just throw on and just watch and chill. And I just really dig it. So, um, yeah, Death on the Nile, follow up to Murder on the Order Express um, is my number five. Number four, we're going to go with, well, what are we going to do for number four here? I'll say what it is. Okay, we're going to do number four is Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to Wonder Woman from two years ago. Um, it looks fun. It looks bright. It looks colorful. It looks funny. It looks action-packed. It's in the 1980s, which is just, you know, strikes such a chord with a lot of people nowadays, especially Stranger Things and all that. Um, I can't... I'm so tired of this 80s shit. <laughs> I know you are, but I... So I, done with it. I'm excited to see it. I think it looks just like a blast. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, you've seen the trailers and everything and, and the promos and stuff. It just looks great to me. Uh, Pedro Pascal's in it, Kristen Wiig. Um, How the fuck did Chris Pine get back? Um, apparently, oh, from what I've heard... Know. We don't know. Apparently, from what I've heard, Maxwell Lord, who's Pedro Pascal's character, can grant wishes at a great cost. And um, maybe somehow Wonder Woman wishes for him to come, Steve Trevor to come back and... Steve, maybe that's it. We'll huh. see. We'll have to wait. We'll have to wait. Well, that's my number four most anticipated movie 2020. Number three. This was tough. But I'm going to say The Kingsman. Uh, the Kingsman. The oh, Kingsman. I forgot about that. The prequel movie to The Kingsman uh, saga, uh, to one and two, uh, based off the very first Kingsman um, that ever was. It's got Ray Fiennes. It's got a newcomer in there that I don't know his name. <laughs> It's got a, uh, a lot of people in it, and it just looks really good. Uh, I love the Kingsman movies. I think they're a lot of fun. Kingsman Golden Circle could have been much better. I, the original one was much better. Um, um, wait, is Golden Circle the sequel? Yeah. 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 Yeah, the Golden Circle was, it went too zany for me, as, uh, and I wasn't the biggest fan of that. <clears throat> but I... <clears throat> I still would watch it, still own it. Um, Kingsman 1 is one of my favorite movies like ever. I love that movie. Um, so very excited for the prequel here, see where they take the story. Um, I Ray Fiennes looks like he's having a great time in this, and, and I'm, it's been a while since I feel like he's been in like a major, major role um, that he's like the main, one of the main characters, so I'm excited for that. Uh, my number two most anticipated movie of 2020 is going to be Tenet, Christopher Nolan's new venture that would have been your number one it's my number two it's my number two very close could be it easily these for the last two could easily swap places but uh tenant uh, i i love all christopher nolan's movies so i mean interstellar could have been better uh for me but it's still it's a supremely watchable great theater experience great cast great acting great story twists and turns everything that he does in all of his movies is in that and uh besides his last one which was um which is more just a straight dunkirk dunkirk which is more more just a straightforward story which is kind of his little the twist was that it's boring yeah dunkirk i'm not a very big dunkirk fan no yeah really i I, I mean it was a good watch i feel like i I would have liked it more if i saw it in theaters it probably would have hit harder it just wasn't there wasn't like any imax was good yeah there wasn't any like dialogue or anything and IMAX, dude, it was too loud. I was watching that. Dude, I'm going to be honest. In IMAX, I was like, 
can you turn that down? This is <laughs> this is ridiculous. This is bl- making my ears bleed. Holy shit! I wanted to see a war movie. I didn't actually want to be a part of this, and so yeah. So tenets number two: uh, John David Washington, Chris uh, Chris Pattinson, um, Robert Robert Pattinson. Um, yeah. Looks like it's going to be a fun little twisty, turny Christopher Nolan movie for sure. Which they must have shot that thing real quick. Like real quick because he was right on to Batman after that. Yeah, so maybe. Um, and my number one most anticipated movie of 2020 is The French Dispatch. Wes Anderson's uh, probably my favorite director working right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I love all of his movies. Grand Budapest Hotel is one of my top ten favorite movies of all time. Um, so hopefully French Dispatch could follow up on that in his first live action movie since what? Yeah, that would have been 2013. Um, so very exciting. And that's my top 10 most anticipated of 2020. Oh, and real quick, here's Tim's most anticipated. His number one is Tenet. And then following that, French Dispatch, A Quiet Place 2, No Time to Die, Mulan, The Kingsman, Last Night in Soho, Dune, 1984, Wonder Woman 1984, and The Eternals. That's Tim's top 10 most anticipated of 2020, who cannot be here today because he's with family in town. Tanner, wow. you're most anticipated of 2020. Uh, number 10. This is just because I'm a, you know, big dumb kid at heart. Not really. Uh, Godzilla vs. King Kong. Just because I got to see how it all winds up. Mm-hmm. Um, King of the Monsters. I put this on the list before I had gotten to see King of the Monsters. Kind of let me down, but I'm still hoping that, you know, they can really bring it together and nail some kind of tone and balance with this one. I just like big monster movies. Um, and the cast is crazy looking. Like Alexander Skarsgård, Millie Bobby Brown is back. Kyle Chandler is back. Got Brian Tyree Henry. Um thought there were some more people in here wasn't that crazy i guess anyways number nine is promising young woman mm-hmm. which is a movie directed by emerald fennel uh starring carrie mulligan and it's about i guess her character experienced some kind of trauma in the past and so in this movie she's i guess luring uh, predatory predatory men into situations to enact some kind of vengeance upon them. I, I'm assuming it's murder, but I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, but the, I really liked uh, the trailer that I saw. Number eight is on here partially out of morbid curiosity more than anything, but also um, kind of hoping... It's something very unique, but the new mutants is finally coming out. You have that in your top. Yeah, oh, it's wow. finally coming out. I don't know if it's going to be good. It's a Fox. It's the last of the Fox X Men movies, but just the weird saga that went through to get onto the big screen. Um, it had delays. It had reshoots. Then there was the Disney acquisition of Fox, and it was like, man, this thing's never coming out, or it's just going to be put on Hulu or mm-hmm. something. 
But not only is it coming out on theaters, but it's the original version of the movie. It's what the writer and director intended it to be. So without the Fox mandated reshoots, mm-hmm. like it's the original kind of horror X-Men movie. Um, that's got Anya Taylor-Joy, Maisie William, Charlie Heaton from Stranger Things. Uh, Anya Taylor-Joy is uh, magic. Mm. Looks great in the newest trailer. You mm-hmm. got the metal arm and the big blue fucking magic sword. Mm-hmm. Real cool character from the comics. Um, it's Colossus's younger sister. Oh. Yeah. Um, number seven is Wendy, which is looks like a kind of modern but still very whimsical retelling of the uh, or reimagining of the the Peter Pan mm-hmm. story. As these kids kind of run away. And they're like on an island or something. I don't know. It looks very, yeah, very was... artsy. Very, uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It looked. Uh, it's, it's it. The way the trailer plays out is that it leaves you with a lot of questions. Yeah, it's a so, lot of questions because like I didn't know what the fuck it was after it ended. Really piqued my curiosity. Yeah. So I'd like to see where that goes. Uh, number six is Tenet. Um. It's Nolan, so you know it's gonna sure. be it's gonna be slick. It's gonna be it's gonna be cool. It's gonna be slick. It's gonna be cool. Um, the trailer definitely looks wacky. The weird kind of time yeah. play thing going on when, because it didn't really draw attention to that immediately. I feel mm. like the first time there's the shot of the ship going through the waves and like the waves are like breaking mm-hmm. backwards. And I was like, hold on, like that looked really fucking weird. Yeah. And then there was more shots shown yeah. of weird yeah. stuff. Um, so that looks crazy. Number five, Wonder Woman 1984. Um, I really like the first one, not the biggest fan of the third act. I don't think too many people are, mm-hmm. but Gal Gadot as this character is just great. Such a, um, I just like the, the brightness and the, uh, the sincerity of the yeah. character uh, is very charming. She plays it well. At this, you know, point in time, we don't need everything to be so bleak and angsty mm-hmm. and um, conflicted. You just have a, a strong female character who knows what she's about. Damn right. Knows what she's about. She knows what she's about. And then um, <laughs> uh, Last Night in Soho at number four. Uh, everything you said about it, I agree with. Good. Um, same reasons I'm on board. Although I think it's supposed to be more of like a horror kind it of is. thing, right? So Edgar Wright hasn't really dabbled in that mm-hmm. realm yet, so that would be very interesting to see. Um, number three is The French Dispatch. Prior to the trailer coming out, this was lower on my list just because it's like Wes Anderson. I feel like I know what I'm going to get, but trailer did look really, really great. Mm-hmm. Um of course, any Wes Anderson movie has a stacked, like, insane cast, and I feel like they just get more crazy with every new one. Uh, adding Leia Sido to the family, um, French actress, she was in Inglorious Bastards and The Lobster and uh, Mission Possible Ghost Protocol, Spectre. Mm-hmm. Um, shows up every now and then. Just like how angry she looks. 
Yeah. She's just very mean face. Mm-hmm. She's attractive, but just mean. mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It works for RBF. me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, number two, this is a movie that I did not know was going to be a thing until yesterday. I never heard of. And then the trailer only came out today. But The Green Knight, directed by David Lowry, um, who in the past did uh, A Ghost Story, which I've talked about, which was this kind of indie hobby movie um i thought that movie was kind of pretentious and overhyped um i've think i've said there's there's literally a scene it's just straight five minutes of rooney mara sitting on the kitchen floor eating an entire pie by herself just uncut she just eats a whole fucking pie and then throws it up and then the scene ends and like i wanted to turn the movie off there. what was this a ghost story oh, okay um but he also did pete's dragon Disney's live action thing, which came out a couple of years ago. I don't think anyone saw. Um, the Old Man and the Gun, which came out a couple of years ago, which apparently is pretty good. Anyways, uh, this is a film version of Sir Gowan and the Green Knight, one of the Arthurian legends, uh, starring Dev Patel as Sir Gowan. Um, and he just kind of goes on this, you know, classic sort of medieval odyssey mm-hmm. um a vow the character has to fulfill but really doesn't want to because it's most likely going to end it with him you know getting killed mm. um but the trailer looked great like it's an a24 film and boy does it look like an a24 <laughs> film through and through like it it seems like it'll fit in right there with like the witch and the lighthouse and um that kind of thing it's just uh it's right up my alley, yeah. stylistically. Uh, and then number one, of course, is Dune, Denis Villeneuve. I love Blade Runner 2049. I think it's the best film of the decade. Um, so naturally, any follow-up to that I'd be in the theaters for. But the fact that it's Dune, which is like this monumental sci-fi work, mm-hmm. um, I've never read. I saw the David Lynch movie. I know people who have read Dune and really like it. It's kind of out there. It's more cerebral as far as um, sort of the sci-fi adventure classics go. But it'll be weird, but it'll be very well made. Hopefully it's, uh, you know, on par Jupiter ascending. That's what. Oh, God. Um, well, okay. That's our top 10 most anticipated of 2020 for all three of us. And, uh, yeah, we hope you go check out those films. We hope you, uh, you know, keep a correspondence with us. Let us know what you think of these films as you see them. And we certainly will let you know what we think as we see them. Um, but that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of Cinemaxic. Uh, for my co-host, Tanner Rush at Danger Rush, I am your host, Max Lita, Matt Max Fozzi, and our producer, Jordan Katzer at Jay Katz. Uh, actually, I don't know if his, his handle's not at Jay Katz, but Jordan Katzer um, on the ones and twos as always. Thank you guys again so much for listening. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, at uh, Cinemaxic Pod and at Cinemaxic, respectively. And uh, yeah, guys, we will be seeing you next week for another episode. And uh, as always, watch on. Bye. Later. Bye.